influence to join us in the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Uh, during COVID, uh, I became very, very aware uh, just in those couple of Sundays that we didn't have church, we were blessed to be able to come back into worship and to spread out and divide our services and things like that. But uh, a lot of those churches on television and the pews were empty, they would still celebrate the Lord's Supper and invite the viewing audience. And of course, those of you who are listening, uh, you are not prepared for this, but it's a very simple thing. Uh, as I guide the congregation here through this, a simple piece of bread and a little cup of water will do. It's symbolic of the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ. So those who are listening by way of radio, I invite you to worship with us over these next few moments. I read 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and beginning with verse 23, but I want to go back to verse 17 of chapter 11. And in my scripture, and I know uh, your scriptures have little divisions and paragraphs and headings, and this is called conduct at the Lord's Supper. And things had gotten way out of hand. Uh, by the time the Apostle Paul came along and established churches, and he's writing to, first, he's writing to the church at Corinth, so we need to remember this is all absolutely foreign to them. Now, the celebration of the Lord's Supper in Israel, in Jerusalem, uh, they, were, they were accustomed to the Passover. And so then that transition to Jesus Christ as the Passover lamb and the sacrifice for our sins, uh, they were able to adapt to that. But in, in those areas where Paul went uh, during his ministry and established those churches, uh, it took several times for him in visiting them and writing to them to help guide them into the right spirit of this. In the first century, and maybe longer, I'm not aware, the celebration of the Lord's Supper took place in homes in what we would call today, you know, a covered dish fellowship. And, and on the Lord's Day, on Sunday, and they would gather and they would bring their food and they would have a meal together. And as a part of that meal, you know, it was called the Agape Love Feast. Agape Love, the greatest of all love. And they would remember, they would remember Jesus Christ, his death on the cross and his resurrection. Well, being so new to this, if you will read those verses sometime, I'm not going to read them now. Uh, and I think it's important to give us a context here and that is the apostle is telling them, you have gotten just totally, totally out of the spirit of it. Says, when you come in here, you're divided. Some are sitting at one end of the table, some are sitting at the other end of the table. I pray to God that there is no division here. There's not in our church, but with anyone else that you are receiving the Lord's Supper with. And then there are those who bring a lot to eat. And there are those who cannot bring anything to eat. They come hungry and they go home hungry. And others come, they've already eaten at home and they eat again. And it's terrible, but he says in these passages, and some of them, even when you get here, you're drunk. So the apostle's heart was broken 
But I'm telling you what, he never gave up on a church and he stayed with them. And so there's what led my heart to the verses there uh, in chapter 11, beginning with verse 23. He is kind of saying to them, look, this is simple. This is not complicated. And here's the apostles account. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. But in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We are, I'm enjoying a brand new fascination or being awestruck with the word of God. And that is how consistent and how inspired just as we read it, it's, it would be very difficult uh, to deny that this is the inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God. Now, in our Sunday night studies to the church at Thessalonica, we are being told that Paul wrote them that letter from Corinth, somewhere around 51. And so, if that is when he began to found that church there, and that was on his journey there, and it's 51, that is nearly 20 years after Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. And when he is writing back to them because of their excess, I don't know how many more years it, it would have been, but it is amazing here of the transmission of the Word of God without written material and books over those early years of the church. And the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, is quoting verbatim the words of the Gospels, the earliest accounts of Jesus' ministry. And so what we do here, and churches do it a little different, and that is we are absolutely following in the tradition that Jesus Christ established. And now for us, some 2,000 years ago. This context, I believe, helps us understand verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty, the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So often, and there are responsive readings in the back of our hymn books, and they use this verse about not taking this unworthily and examining ourselves. And I'm afraid that some under this uh, with a sense of guilt and, and of conviction feel unworthy to receive the Lord's Supper. It's not our unworthiness that the Apostle Paul is addressing. It's the unworthy, the unworthy celebration of it the way they were doing it in Corinth 
was not acceptable. Not acceptable. None of us are really worthy of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And so, when we come to the table, it needs to be a time of repenting of our sins, thanking God for what He's done for us and in our lives, and we will celebrate it with great reverence and symbolism. And as I said, none of us are really worthy, but He has said that we are worthy. And so I pray, I pray that we will open our hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ, ask Him to forgive us of our sins, give us the right spirit by which to receive this which remembers His body among us and His blood for us. Our deacons have come forward on these pews here as a show of the unity of our fellowship and how wonderful and I invite now the leadership that they have chosen from among themselves of our chairman of deacons, Dr. Ricky Brantley, and our vice chairman, Greg Callahan, to join me here at this table as we partake of the Lord's Supper. And as a very brief scriptural historical review, we know that it is the night of the Passover. And that is the great celebration of Israel when God delivered the Hebrew children, as they were known then, out of approximately 430 years of bondage and slavery in Egypt. Brought them through the Red Sea, brought them through the wilderness, brought them into the conquest of the promised land. And they never, never, never forgot that. And so every year they would celebrate that on that, for us, a Thursday night, as best we can understand the calendar back then. And that is they would remember when God, after the plagues upon Pharaoh, would not release the Hebrew children then came the night of the visit of the death angel to claim the life of the firstborn of everything, of those homes that had not sacrificed an unblemished lamb and marked the doorpost of their home with the blood of that lamb. The word of God is so powerful. And God told them that when the death angel comes through, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And so the Passover. You know, I walk in here and I'm just amazed at the immediacy of things. Listening to Tony Evans this morning for a few minutes while I was getting ready, he was talking about the relationship of the Old Testament with the New Testament. And the New Testament is the fulfillment and the newness of that which God promised. And so when he delivered the Hebrew children, it was at the sight of the blood of the unblemished lamb. And now the book of Hebrews tells us that there is now the better, once for all, perfect sacrifice. And that is Jesus Christ. And when we accept Jesus, our sins are covered by the blood of the perfect lamb of God. 
And when Almighty God sees that blood, He passes over us and grants us eternal life. I have to share this of the greatness of what Jesus did. I receive a monthly mail out from an evangelist and he uses little graphic witness art. And the one that came this week, wow. It shows, shows Jesus in a push-up position, a very muscular, strong man with a huge, heavy, massive cross on his back. And the writing says, bench press this, Satan. Amen. Bench press this. Wow. We do this in remembrance of Jesus Christ. Before the supper, he took bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he passed it among them. And I invite Greg Callahan now to pray a prayer blessing upon not only the bread, but because of the body of Jesus Christ among us. Father, we thank you this morning that we have an opportunity to come and celebrate the Lord's Supper. Father, we see the image of your son, Jesus Christ, hanging on the cross in pain and suffering and remember that he did it for each and every one of us. Father, I pray that as we see the fulfillment and the completion of the gospel in Jesus' death on the cross, we seem victorious over that cross as he arises from the dead three days later. Later, he ascends into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father. And there he intercedes on behalf of all who believe. Father, I pray this morning that we do believe. For those that struggle, I pray, Father, that you would give them the wisdom and the knowledge to understand the scope of the sacrifice that was made on Calvary. And Father, we praise your name and glorify your name. Amen. We take the bread and I will guide us in just a moment to receive it. And as Jesus said on that night, recorded in the Gospels, reminding us by the Apostle Paul so many years later. And Jesus said that this is my body, this is my body which is given for you, which is broken for you, take and eat. I wanna do something a little different right now and the Lord just laid on my heart how to guide us in this and that is in Matthew chapter 6 what we call the Lord's Prayer thinking praying and meditating for the celebration of the Lord's Supper one of the things that I miss from the pre-COVID days is when the deacons would take individual trays and go out through the congregation and pass them and it gave us a, a lull, it gave us a stillness, it gave us a quietness. Don't know when in the world we might ever get back to something like that, you know, just don't know. And so in praying and thinking about it, I thought, you know, this doesn't take but a few minutes, but I miss that time sitting here with the deacon leadership 
and praying while our deacons are passing the trays back through there. So the Lord laid on my heart for us to take a moment of silence and to, to seek the Lord with whatever's on your heart, just to take a moment of quiet. And just now, you know, the Lord told me, go to Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer, because I, I know that we would pray for the situation in Ukraine. We would pray for the worldwide pandemic. We would pray for the spiritual needs of the world and the personal needs that each of us have in our heart and the deceit that grips our nation. And it's obvious that it is there. And it led my heart to the Lord's Prayer. And so I would just invite you to bow your head and to be silent for a moment. And when I finish reading it, I will be quiet and you have that moment because this here, this here is exactly what we need. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors or forgive us our trespasses or our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but O oh Lord Jesus, deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Take just a moment. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. After the supper, our Lord took the cup and he gave it the symbolism of the shedding of his blood. And he blessed it also and passed it among them. And Dr. Ricky Brantley prays our prayer of blessing and thanksgiving for the blood of Jesus. Would you just bow your heads, please? Lord Jesus, as, as many times uh, as I've been privileged to be a part of the, this amazing service, I confess that my mind really cannot comprehend the pain, the suffering, and the sacrifice. But oh, how I know deep down in my heart you did it for a sinner just like me. Upon my confession and because of my repentance, you have cleansed my heart, saved my soul. And oh, that you want to do it for everyone who confesses you as Lord and Savior. So, Father, thank you for the sacrifice that you gave for me and to all who will call upon you. 
Lord, may as we receive this, this drink, we be reminded that it's the power of your blood that saves us all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 And Jesus said, this is my blood which is shed for you. Drink you all of it. And the Apostle Paul in that passage in 1 Corinthians 11 is where we have the verse. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I love the gospel account where Jesus tells them, I will not drink of this cup, I will not celebrate it with you again until the kingdom. How slow they were to catch on, but how slow we are to catch on too. Jesus was letting them know, you do not know the full impact of tonight, tomorrow, and resurrection morning. But I want you to know, I'm coming through this thing. Glory to God. And I'm coming back. And so this is not, this is not a funeral celebration. This is remembering Jesus Christ until he comes again. Before we leave our radio audience, I want to extend an invitation to those who are listening by way of radio, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to give you this opportunity now. And I would pray, this is a very unusual service to be broadcast, but I would pray that those who stayed with us, that the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart and examined your heart and if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, that you would take a moment and accept him. To accept Jesus Christ is a very simple process of belief and faith and confession, followed by an incredible life of adventure with Jesus. So for those who are here and those by way of radio, I offer that simple, what we call the sinner's prayer, to ask Jesus into our life. And so I pray that prayer, and then we will sing a hymn of invitation. I lead us in this prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray, as I look around at the group that is exactly in front of me, I know their hearts, but you know it even better. But I pray, Lord Jesus, for those who are listening by way of radio, have paused a moment, and I just pray that if they feel, if someone feels you have spoken to their heart, that need for you, that they will pray a simple prayer, that they will pray the prayer that Paul tells us in Romans 10. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died upon the cross for my sins. And I believe that you were raised from the dead. And that word says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I pray that you will say right now within your heart or even out loud, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to live for you and give me a home in heaven 
Thank you, Jesus, for saving me from my sins. In your name, the name Jesus, amen. We sing a hymn of invitation, however the Lord may have spoken to your heart. The altar's always open. The invitation to unite with this church is always open. And 24-7 to come to Jesus as we stand and sing. 489 is past me not, O gentle Savior. 